Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to a sniffy little Massive Late Fee. <laughs> right as the music ended, Carol decided she's going to sniff. I'm sorry. My I name got is Mark. <laughs> With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is November 30th. 1996. Yeah. It's exciting. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I think we had a good Thanksgiving. What do you think? I, our first Thanksgiving living together. Yeah. And we had people over and cooked and everything. That's right. We made a we made a turkey. He made the best turkey. We didn't make a turkey. He made a turkey. Whatever. <laughs> well, God made a turkey. <laughs> and then... Somebody else killed it. Right. And then someone else processed it. And then I put butter on it. <laughs> It's a collaborative effort. (laughs) No, it was good. It was. I I liked it. I thought. I thought we had a successful little first Thanksgiving here. We had your niece and nephew over. We had your brother over. We had your mother over. (laughs) My family invaded. Yeah. My uh, my family will be here next year, probably. Cool. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But. What I want to see what happens is uh, with Kirstie Alley. Why? What's going on with Kirstie Alley? Well, according to this. Now, this is Susan Stewart, not someone that we usually uh, talk about. But uh, she's speaking of the the TV movie Suddenly. Okay. It says Capable capable Kirstie Alley saves this corny weeper. Since Cheers ended, Kirstie Alley has made quite a career for herself playing women with grit, luck, and a certain body sex appeal. She's Patty Duke with cleavage. We could use two of her. Cause wow. Patty Duke was on that show where she played identical cousins, I guess. Okay. And suddenly, Alley is Marty, a waitress with frightening blonde hair and a wardrobe of which not one garment came from Talbot's. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I haven't seen Suddenly. Uh, I've seen Suddenly Susan, but I haven't seen Suddenly right. with Kirstie Alley. I don't think I've seen much with Kirstie Alley since Cheers. She was in that one movie with... She was in that one movie where she had sex with Scott Bakula. Or no. She was... Okay. She was in that one movie where she was married to Scott Bakula. <laughs> And she cheated on Scott Bakula with his brother, but she didn't know it was her brother. His brother, it was what's his name that 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 guy that talks like this. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. With but. the big mustache, <laughs> and he's, he's, uh, I, I, I might as well have come from the 1960s cowboy guy. Okay, Sam something, Sam Elliott. I, I have no idea. Anyway, that's that's Scott Bakula's brother. Apparently, interesting. They meet at a grocery store. And then they have sex, and he dies while they're having sex. And she has to figure out, like, how to break it to Scott Bakula and her wow. family. Yeah, it's a weird movie. Anyway, she's in that. Okay. Check it out. I don't remember what it's called, but check out that film. I remember her in uh, Look Who's Talking. She wasn't Look Who's Talking, yes. That was a little more family friendly. 
<laughs> yeah, she wasn't look who's talking. That's a good one. But you know what else is a good one? Some new games that we got coming out. Hmm. It says damsel dwarfs fight their way out of distress. Now this is Mike Floyd, the game the game guy. The new the newest employee of the Detroit Free Press. This film is not film. This video game on the Sony PlayStation and also the Sega Stanon is called Tomb Raider. Uh, it says move over Indiana Jones. There's a new super explorer in town, and her name's Lara Croft. Oh, cool! Lara, the star of Eidos Interactive's massive Tomb Raider, has the moves of a gymnast and the aim of Dirty Harry. As Lara, you'll need to uh, quickly master her skills if you want to survive long enough in the game's immensive 3D environments. Now, I've seen... I haven't played this game yet, but I do have a PlayStation, and maybe I'll get it. Or maybe someone will get it for me for Christmas. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, but I've seen the pictures and everything, you know? And uh, they, they've they made her quite uh, zoftic. Oh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's probably the best... Uh, that speaking of, look who's talking. Well, that's how they're trying to get all those, you know, little boys to play this game. Yeah, apparently. And then there's Three Dirty Dwarfs, which is a game from uh, Sega Saturn. Three Dirty Dwarfs. Yeah. What the fuck? Their names are Greg, Taconic, <laughs> and Korthog. Okay. They're short, stinky, and downright ugly. The stars of Sega's hilarious Three Dirty Dwarfs, they're three of the baddest cartoon fighters to ever warp to Earth. Now, see, I don't have a Sega Saturn because I have money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't have a Sega Saturn. Or money. Yeah, that's just, true. You know. That's true. <laughs> Full transparency here. Right. We just got a new place, so we have no money. Right. Uh, but yeah, I've, I don't have it, so I've never played it. I don't, I'm not even super familiar with it, but it's, I know it's a fighting game. So you're fighting. Sorry for all the sniffing there, guys. There's going to be a lot of editing in this. <laughs> if you're going to sniff, try to sniff out of there. But anyway, so what do you think? What do you think of the new games? Do you think either of these games are going to be anything? Um, I mean, the dwarf one sounds hilarious, but hilarious isn't usually much you know, it'll last for a minute. Right. And in, in video games, anyway, yeah. The other ones are... Our hilarious show lasts more than a minute. <laughs> the other one, I mean, maybe, but since it's got a girl as the main person, you know, those don't usually work out either. That's true. That's, yeah, it's not... I don't know. Indiana Jones. So she's a tomb raider. She's raiding people's tombs. She's sound, a grave robber. It does sound fun. Not grave robbing, but tomb raiding. I don't know. Grave robbing could be fun, too. No. Oh, I've never even thought about that, but that is a way for us to get money. No! <laughs> you weirdo. Maybe you should all go to that new site that my friend started, patreon.com slash retrolifey. So we don't have to rob graves. So we graves. don't have to rob graves <laughs> to continue to do this show. Now nah, we do all right. Uh, anyway, so that's the news for this week. Now, Carol... I, yes. have, I have a surprise for you. Since uh, since this movie that we watched, I think, is deep down about love and relationships. Uh, no. <laughs> we're going to do 
an episode of Massive Love. Yay. In this first one, uh, this person says, Hi, I'm looking for a drug-free, employed black male who's not overweight. I'm a German female, 31, 121 pounds. Give me a call. Wow. I don't... Why? (laughs) I mean, okay, she gets right to the point of what she's looking for, but... What does her German Germanity have anything to do with it? Well, maybe she's actually from Germany. Ah, well then, well she she types good English. It's gonna say she speaks good English, but <laughs> but no, I don't. What's I don't get? Like, who cares if she's German? What I don't I don't understand. What what is that supposed to tell anybody that she likes to talk far away from each from you? They have, Germans have a big uh, personal boundary space. Uh, I don't they're, know. They're not close talkers. I don't really know much about Germans. So, I mean, I get the impression that they're kind of. I'm mostly German. Cold. Stoic. Yeah. Austere. Yeah. I'm mostly German. Am I cold and austere? No, but you're only mostly German. <laughs> Just like uh, the Princess Bride. Right. Only He's mostly only mostly dead. dead. Right. Uh, how about this one? Seeking a cop. Light-skinned black male, 39 to 42. Seeking a cop. Someone's looking for a cop. Now, when they... Okay, they must have been talking about the cop they want. I just realized because they give an age range. Right, light-skinned black male cop, 39 to 42. That's a... Like, are you looking for a specific person? Right. (laughs) That is a very tight age range. That is. They have to be light-skinned black, and they have to be a cop. Is this, like, are you trying to get out of a ticket? Right. <laughs> she has a bunch of parking tickets, and she's so uh, looking for. The cop that was giving her eyes. Yeah, apparently, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. What do you think? I think she has a fantasy, and she wants to fulfill it. That's a really specific fantasy, though. Because <laughs> he has to be light-skinned, has to be a cop, and has to be 39 to 42. I wonder when she says... I'm 38 years old. Fuck you! <laughs> I wonder when she says light-skinned. Does that mean only light-skinned black, or does that mean white guys, too? No, light-skinned black male is what she asked for. Oh, she said black. Okay. Yeah, white-skinned bla- light-skinned black male. Wow. Yeah, that's white white-skinned black male. That's, that's Michael Jackson. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, uh, hello, gentlemen. Exclamation point. I'm a very attractive black female, 27, professionally employed, open-minded, and very well-educated. I'm a non-smoker and an occasional social drinker. She's got a lot of money, too, because it's a long ad. (laughs) I have a variety of interests, ranging from parasailing to mountain climbing. I'm seeking a true gentleman who is sincere, full of energy, ambitious, knows how to treat a lady, and enjoys living life to the fullest as if it were your last day. Wow. She sounds fun. If this is you and you're sincere, please leave a message. Age and race, not a barrier. My guess, though, especially with the age and race, not a barrier at the end there, is that she has all this money to make this long ad because she wants you to live life as if it's your last day because if you go on a date with her, it is your last day. She's killing these guys. Oh, my God. Stealing their money. And that's how she makes a living. She's pre-grave robbing. You're so silly. 
No, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't get these people though. Who are like, I mountain climb and parasail and like, <laughs> who in real life does that stuff? That sounds like a movie person, not a real person. Right? Yeah. Keep mountain climbing, and then it will be your last day. Right? Let's go parasailing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She's murdering people. <laughs> She saw, she she lists two dangerous activities and it's like let's live it like until your last day. <laughs> Can you uh, take all the money out of your uh, bank account before you go on a date with me? Just put it in your wallet, please. <laughs> right. Last one, Carol. Okay. Herpes? Question mark. Oh God. I have it too. Attractive, slim, intelligent, divorced, black female. I wonder why she's divorced. Young, 41. She's a young 41. Seeks single or divorced white male, 38 to 48, with Christian values. Oh, come on now. Don't make fun. Trim, intelligent, non-smoker who also has herpes. For friendship and possibly more. No, come on. It's commendable that she's trying to not spread her herpes to people who don't already have it. What the fuck? (laughs) Well, if they already have herpes, then they don't need to worry about Herpes, question mark, I have it too. Carol, like, the whole point of this is to have fun with these. <laughs> and in every single one of them, you're like, oh, we'll look at it from their point of view. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, the fever has messed up my, my, my brain. Don't make fun, you said. <laughs> what do you think this show is? <laughs> I love how she points out, you got to have Christian values and herpes. <laughs> It is an interesting combination. Yeah, do those things go together? I and mean... She also says that she wants friendship and possibly more. But make sure why, you have herpes. Yeah, why bring up your herpes <laughs> if it's not going to be any more? Right. For sure. Friendship with something else on the side. Friendship with a side of herpes. Oh. Oh, my goodness. What do you think? About herpes? Yeah, sure. What do you think about herpes? I think it's awful. Do you? Wow. That's a bold stance. I definitely wouldn't want to have it, too. Wow. You are off the rails right now. Delirious. I thought your fever broke. Oh, me too. Full disclosure, she was sick. I was very sick yesterday. It was awful. 102.5 or whatever. Yeah. It was no fun. Nah, rarely. Rarely is. <laughs> well, if you really get delirious, it can be a little fun. Yes. <laughs> For a while. Well, hey, everybody. It's uh, Future Mark and Future Carol here. I hate to interrupt you a little blast from the past, but we wanted to talk to you about another blast from the past. We know you love nostalgia. So we think you'd love Atari VCS. Yeah, I, I want to play with some Atari VCS. You remember those classic Atari games like Frogger and Missile Command? You know what? What? I don't. Like, I like I didn't play with it. Was it cool? Tell me about it. It was awesome. Awesome. Frogger set a record for the most ways you could die in a video game. <laughs> cool. There was Qbert. There was, uh, gee, wow, you really never even heard of Qbert? No. No, oh, he jumped down blocks and stuff. You would have loved it. <laughs> and Pitfall. Bunch of really good games. The The sports games, see, they got in early, so they, they could just call their sports games baseball. Boxing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hockey. 
Well, now Atari returns with an all-new video game system. Play more games on Atari VCS 100 free Atari Classics, modern PC games, Xbox games, and so much more. You can also watch top movie apps like Netflix and Disney. We watch those. Yeah. Browse, shop, get work done with Chrome and Gmail. Atari VCS is the new video game system from the company that started it all. Can't get a uh, PlayStation 5 for Christmas, guys? <laughs> right. Go get an Atari VCS because they got all the good stuff on there. Shop now at AtariVCS.com. Use promo code RLF, that's us, Retro Late Fee, for $10 off any system. Also available at BestBuy.com, GameStop.com, and MicroCenter.com. But you might as well go to that AtariVCS.com and use our promo code RLF so you can get $10 off a system right in time for Christmas. Yep, something old will get you playing with something new. That's right. And for a limited time, we have five free game codes. or uh, I believe ten games each. Yes. Five codes that... Or they, eleven. Yeah, eleven free games. That's right. You can get eleven free Atari games for your system uh, just exclusively through us. We're going to be doing a little, little giveaway. Check our social medias uh, for details that's at retro underscore late fee mm-hmm. on twitter and then just search up massive late fee on facebook and i think retro late fee on instagram and you'll find us oh go to go to our tiktok too maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do something on tiktok maybe you can also check out retro underscore carol on twitter because that's me yeah that's carol so uh check us out on the uh, social medias and uh go ahead and Enter our little contest. You'll find some details there, and, and you can win some free games. So, you know, first go buy the system, use our code. Yeah, $10 off. Then go ahead and get in this uh, giveaway and Absolutely. get the 11 games. It's going to be great. We will see you uh, back to the show now, right? Right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. <sighs> anyway. Before that happened, though, we watched this really fucked up movie. We did watch. We watched a movie... Starring, written, and directed by uh, a guy named Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, who you may remember from uh, nothing. No, who you may remember from Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. What's the fuck? He was in a horrible horror movie that I saw with my friend Colin. I recognized him. I was like, oh my gosh, that guy's lost some hair, but... Uh, called Zombie Chicks in, in, or, what, Biker Chicks in Zombie Town. Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, that's what it's called. Wow. It's when these, this female motorcycle gang rolls up to a town and it gets infested with zombies and they have to fight them off and everything. That sounds like some quality programming. Yeah, well, he was in that. <laughs> and nothing else that I know of. I mean, I, I'm sure he was in other movies before this, but I, I don't recognize him. At all. I mean, really. he has to have some money or connections to be able to write, direct, and star in something. He wrote, directed, and starred in this film, Sling Blade. It's kind of a weird name for this movie. Well, they, they could have called it Kaiser Blade, apparently. <laughs> but, I mean, it's only mentioned a couple times. Right at the beginning, too. And, like, later when it comes up again, that's not the thing. No, no, that's <laughs> not the thing. You're right. <laughs> The Thing is a uh, 1982 movie by John Carpenter, <laughs> starring Kurt Russell so this and Keith David, or David Keith? 
No, Keith, Keith David. Sure. It's two first names. It's hard to keep. So this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what dude? Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. What the hell is his character's Carl. name? Carl. Carl. Okay. So Carl is being released because he, like, maxed out his sentence at this. <laughs> <laughs> he got the high score on his sentence. Although, I mean, And then he got released. Although he kept saying they said I'm well, so maybe they just released him. I don't know. I don't think so. That's the thing is like because of what happens. And so are we? I guess we're going to spoil this movie, right? So if you have not seen Slingish Blade, go go see it. Go to the yeah. theater. Go see it's a because I, I think it's a good movie. I liked it. Do you, you like it as well? I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it for sure. It's I'll very it, fucked up. I'll give it a recommend. Yeah, definitely see it. It's worth seeing, but it's very, very fucked up. So go see it, then come back here, because we're going to spoil this, yes. uh, all this stuff. So because of what happens at the end of the movie, I think if that dude that ran the place was like the doctor or whatever said, he's well, he can go back in society, he ain't doing this shit again. Uh, and then what happens at the end of the movie, he would have gotten fired. Right, right. <laughs> like, there would have been, I mean, something would have happened to him. Because yeah. he would have had to been held, someone would have had to been held accountable. I think what happened was is that he was in there for twenty five years. His twenty five years ran up, like you said. He was he served his full twenty five year sentence, and then at the end of his twenty five year sentence, uh, they probably had some sort of like as it was coming up, they probably had some sort of thing where they were like, "Hey, should we release him to his own recognizance? Should we release him, you know, to?" Like a step-down facility Oh, or I think you're giving them way too much credit. You think they just dumped him out? <clears throat> that we, we saw them just dump him out with nothing. He had a little bit of money. Well, maybe One they, outfit. The whole movie, one outfit. Maybe they just said to him, hey, you're well. It's okay. Maybe they didn't even know. But they were just like, nah, you're, you're good. You're good, yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't seem like he was on any kind of medication. No. Although, given the nature of his crime, I don't think he necessarily needed to be on medication. Right, because he was mentally retarded, and he... Still is, apparently. Yeah, obviously, but... Well, the actor's not. <laughs> and what what happened was his family, first of all, were very abusive and oh my God. horrible, and kept him in a shed instead of in the house with them. So, and like, they, he must have been born... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, they only fed him... A few times a week, mm-hmm. biscuits and mustard. Yeah, love it. <laughs> what a combination, biscuits and mustard. He had a hole in the ground in the shed to sleep in and a couple quilts. They gave him a couple quilts, Carol. Come yeah. On. <laughs> they obviously were, were looking out for him. They were parents of the year, though. Right, right. I mean, they had a premature child later that they were just like, throw this away. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they literally handed him his newborn sibling in a blanket and said put this in the garbage yeah put it in the garbage because i don't know why they they thought that it's here's the thing this is what confuses me i think the movie takes place in the modern day yeah it seems to take place in 1996 Uh he was in there 25 years that puts us in 1971 right when he went in and he was like 12 12. i think right So he was born in, like, 58. Right. So this would have been mid-60s, I guess, when he was handed his brother, premature, born at home. I mean, maybe things are different in the South? I don't know. Well, they're also in a rural town. 
I guess, yeah. It just it seems like it would have been. I mean, I know the '60s were a long time ago, but it seems like it would have been modern enough that they would have gone to a hospital. And even if they didn't, like, let's say they got were caught by surprise because it was premature, right? Take the baby to the hospital. Were they afraid? They had this one kid, and they were like, that was retarded and everything. And were they like, no, no more? Yeah, we're, we're never we're no more kids. Maybe, or I mean, maybe the baby was malformed in some way, or you know, and we don't know how premature it was. He's, it could have come out making noise and moving and mm-hmm. been alive, but no way it would survive. I and mean, maybe. He said that he felt bad about just throwing it in the trash. He's like six at the time, by the way. So he got a shoebox, put it in the shoebox, and buried the the baby and heard it crying while he was burying it. Yeah. And then he says to the little boy that he befriends in this movie, this little fatherless child that he befriends in this movie, oh, you know, I shouldn't have told you that, uh... You know, that's nothing for a kid to hear. And me, as an adult man in the theater, <laughs> is like, you shouldn't have told that story to me. Right. What the fuck? And now we have shared it with all of you. You're welcome. It's like, <laughs> it's a horrifying and sad and just like, there's so many things wrong with that story. It's awful. Oh, my God. Like, so, everything in this movie is sad. So his parents are like the devils. Right. And um, he there he talks about how he sometimes would go to school, not all the time, sometimes. No, yeah. And he got bullied at school. Yeah. So the tragedy of this character, I think, of Carl, is that he has this. I mean, I know in real life it's not necessarily a fault or whatever, but that's that's how I'm going to describe it. So. Anyone that has mental handicap problems, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be politically incorrect, but it's just the easiest way to explain what I mean here. The tragedy of this character is he has this fault of mental retardation. He has this deficiency, right? But he's not blind to that deficiency. Uh Uh-huh. He knows like, he's cursed with this knowledge. He is just smart enough to understand that there, that he's different, and there's something that is not, that's not, like, he has a challenge. You know what I mean? He understands that. He understands that he's not exactly like every, like most other people in the world. And, because he says stuff, like, in that part you're talking about, about how he goes to school sometimes, and he's what did he what's he say? I love the language of this yeah. movie, like kind of how he talks. Like he's like, and like the like the kid says, "I like the way you talk" because he does a lot of yeah. <laughs> but he says something like they they laid in on me or they they worked on me. Oh yeah, they they made sport of me. Made sport of me. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and I, I just I I really liked that, but that he. He gets it. He understands. He can't... He, because he's mentally handicapped, and he's not severely mentally no. handicapped. I mean, enough that he didn't really understand what he did, though. Right. But um, because he's mentally handicapped, he has these problems, but he's not so mentally handicapped, he doesn't understand that he's mentally handicapped. Right. And he, and he understands that people are making fun of him. He doesn't have the bliss of ignorance. He's... 
cursed with knowledge. Yeah. And that's the ultimate tragedy of his character is knowing this stuff. And so one of these kids, who I'm assuming, please, God, let him have been older than him. All right. Who made fun of him. Oh, yeah, because he was 12 at the time, so he would have had to have been, hopefully, in high school, I guess. I mean, this town is the kind of town, it could have been like a one-room schoolhouse for all these kids, you right. know, so. But still, this is someone he was in school with. Yeah. He hears a commotion in the house. He sets it up where he says that this guy this was known to have his way with women around the town. See, okay, so Basically, he had to have been older. Yeah, and I mean, maybe maybe he misunderstood and this guy was just like a ladies' man. Or maybe, but the way he said it, he sound, it sounded like he was saying that he raped several yeah. several uh, girls around the town. And maybe he did, or maybe he just didn't quite understand what people were talking about. Yeah. And it, what they were talking about is he's just like a known, you know, Lothario or whatever, right? And he also points out that many people uh, talked about how attractive his mother was. Right. So he goes into the house and finds this guy on top of his mother. Mm-hmm. And we think he's raping her. Right. Which is what he thought. And he gets his, what did he call it? Sling blade. No, he didn't call it sling blade. Kaiser blade. Kaiser blade. But other people called it sling sling blade that's the whole reason this movie's called that i think that's messed up anyway and he kills this guy with the sling blade yeah and then his mom's like why did you kill him why did you kill him and she was upset because he wasn't raping her right so then he kills her too yeah he was like well that made me even more upset (laughs) i assume because she was having like she was cheating on the dad and with this guy that he hated and everything, yeah. you know? I mean, that would be upsetting, sure. And in the heat of the moment, I guess, you know, I get what's going on there. So, And, you know, his mom also horribly abusive to him. Right. Yeah, I mean, she basically threw him away into a shed. Yeah, and I mean, she's pairing biscuits with, with mustard. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it, his favorite food in the world. She kind of deserves it, honestly. Yeah, so that's how he ends up in this place for 25 years. And we get all this exposition dumped on us because a reporter from a school newspaper comes in, uh, a a lady, and asks him about it. No, I thought it was when he was talking to the boy that he got into all the detail. No, no, it was when he was talking to the reporter. Okay. Okay. At the, like, very towards the beginning of the movie. The first thing that happens in the movie is this dude comes up to him, another uh, patient there, and graphically tells him about how he, like, abducted and murdered and raped women. Yeah. And it's very horrible and upsetting. And you want him to kill him. Right. But then they go into a room... The lighting has to be low. There's all these restrictions, and it's like, this is this guy's really ready, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's very clear the guy is not ready. Although, like, I think it's kind of ridiculous because then they just let him out. So if he really needs all that, yeah. But he didn't need all that because he was able to function in the world for a while without right. anything going wrong. And honestly, when he does 
crack and do something wrong again, it's understandable then, too. Yeah, in a way. But I think they do this for ambiance. Yeah. Because here's the thing. They do dump all this exposition on you, but it doesn't feel like you're getting exposition dumped on you. Okay. And one thing I noticed, you know, the the light's very low. It's just a like a key light on him, essentially, because it's a little lamp, right? And everyone else is bathed in mostly darkness. The camera is completely locked down. There is no movement. It's... It's slightly above, it's looking at him down, it's implying the smallness of his character, uh, I think, you know, well. But it's locked in that position. And it's it's still visually interesting because the, the character is so dynamic. Yeah. He's doing a lot of, just like you are right now, <laughs> he's doing, she's rocking back and forth. Like she's, like I'm torturing her, like... <laughs> Like, I'm holding her <laughs> hostage to do this show, and she's just waiting for it to be over. But he does a lot of, he's rubbing his hands. He's doing a lot of, because he's nervous. You know, he does that a lot when he's nervous in this movie. But he's he's rubbing his hands a lot. He's rocking back and forth. He's doing his, you know, and all that. And that is visually interesting. Right. The camera doesn't need to move. We don't need a lot of quick cuts because... We're, we're getting acquainted with this character based on his mannerisms. And that's visually interesting. And then what he's saying is so... The way it's written is so good, and the way he's, what he's saying is so enrapturing that it's... I mean, I felt almost hypnotized watching mm-hmm. this. And it is kind of like that, like that subtle movement where it's almost hypnotic. And it, it's a really... It's a very effective scene... That's just really simple. And like I said, the camera is locked into, into position. He's framed up. There's nothing magical going on here, but the combination of the performance and the writing turns it into something magical, you know? And there's nothing scary about him. No, he's very nice and sweet. Everyone that meets him besides the villain of the movie right. seems to like him. They seem to think he's sweet. Even when they learn that he murdered his mother and this guy, they're all just kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, that was you. I heard about that. Oh, you, you seem fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that people maybe understood because people knew what was going on in right. you know the town and maybe how his parents were treating him and all that. So Yeah. At one point, he comes to his dad. Oh, yeah, this is a hell of a scene, too. To his dad's house, and he's like, you know, I am your son or whatever. He's like, I don't got a son. Fuck you, you know, all this stuff. His dad also looks like he might have some mental problems. Yeah, well, maybe they all did. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but And his dad was talking to himself when he walked in. Like, it seemed like he was hallucinating or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something was very wrong with him. Yeah. But he says to him, he's like, oh, I came here to kill you. But if you're just going to sit in that chair like a pathetic piece of shit, then I guess I don't need to kill you. Yeah, he's like, I, I, now I see you're nothing. So Right. And then he goes to his little brother's grave that he made and, you know, like mourns him. That was sad. But yeah, I mean, like the, the, the plot of this movie is that everyone in this movie is a tragic figure, by the way. 
even the villain is kind of a tragic figure. Yeah. But he and they're all they're all misfits in some way, right? Yeah. So like he has he has mental problems. John Ritter plays a very kind and nice boss to the mother who is gay and he's gay in a rural town in the south and it's it's you know it's like it's known and it's like he doesn't get murdered for it like he might have you know 30 40 50 years ago or whatever right but no one likes him he's yeah. like an outcast he's a he's a pariah they don't they they don't like what he's doing they don't approve so he feels he feels different right and the mom is a single mother because her husband killed himself because he was depressed that he wasn't providing enough money. But it's like, that's not going to help. Right? I mean, like, what you did is not, unless you took a very specific life insurance out on yourself where it's like it, it covers headshots, self inflicted headshot wounds. It's <laughs> called don't. the Kurt Cobain plan. Right, yeah. I don't think that one exists. Yeah, they, uh, but it, yeah, I guess they, well, I guess they don't do that because they don't want to encourage people to kill themselves, right? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, most life insurance policies will not pay out if you kill yourself. Yeah, because that's kind of like you're, you're trying to steal it. Um, but anyway, so he, he kills himself, and so she feels, you know, kind of, you know, left out too, I guess, not quite. She's maybe the most mainstream of the characters. Yeah, but I mean, she is a single mom and... A small town, so that and the son is, is dealing with trauma and loss. Right. He talks about his dad all the time. Yeah, in so many scenes. Of this kid, by the way, I don't, I don't, remember, I don't know the name of the kid that the actor that played this kid, but uh, this kid is phenomenal in the movie. Yeah, also he is. holds his own with Billy Bob Thornton, who's doing a, just a fantastic job in this movie. But. He, you know, he's he's dealing with trauma from his dad, from the loss of his dad. And it's very, very evident that he loved his dad a lot. And that's, this is, this is really badly affecting him. It's, it's just so crappy. Like, no, for somebody, anyone with children who kills themselves just makes me mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> no matter what else is going on, your kid needs you. Yeah, exactly. But. But anyway, so and then there's the the drunk who is dating the mom. Yeah. Who's also very prejudiced. I'm guessing racist as well. That doesn't really come up, but but he hates uh he he hates the gay guy because uh-huh. he's gay. He hates Billy Bob Thornton, Carl, because he's mentally retarded. He hates the kid because he thinks the kid is a pussy, as he calls him many times. Yeah. And because his dad taught him how to be a pussy or whatever. By the way, he's talking about the dead dad. Yeah. Not cool. Awful. But he's also sort of tragic because, like, he also kind of knows he's a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, he gets drunk and everything. There's this scene where he gets drunk. The mom pushes him because she's like, tells him to get out. And then he pushes her back. I mean, nothing else. Like, she doesn't have bruises or anything like that. No, I don't think he's been being physically abusive to her. It doesn't seem like it, but everyone thinks he's going to be because of how bad of a drunk he is, and no one likes him. Well, and he's just a jackass. Yeah, and kind of not 
worth a death sentence? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if we're being real, like right. I, I mean, I get exactly what's going on at the end of the movie, but like also it just doesn't seem like he deserved to be killed. <laughs> but whatever. Well, um, you know, and here's the thing, though, when when that happens, it's because he's moving in. And I think that was going to change the dynamic. I, I think he would have started being worse and more abusive if he lived there. Because then he'd, probably. he was already acting like he owned the place when he didn't. Imagine yeah. what happens when he does. Yeah, prob- probably. You're probably right. But he pushes her. And then the son is like, you know, no, don't do that. And starts throwing a bunch of shit at him. And uh, he's just like, eventually he's just like, stop, stop. Yeah, he's like cowering on the ground. Yeah, because he is a coward, essentially. He talks a big game, but he really is a coward. And he stands up and he's like, uh, says, you know, he starts like apologizing and saying like, you know, okay, I'm going to go home because I'm drunk and, you know, I understand I'm being an asshole and all this stuff and everything. And the kid's like, I fucking hate you. And he's like, I hate you too, you little pussy. (laughs) And he's like, no, 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 I don't. I love your mom. Like Like he catches himself. So it's like, I do think, this guy's an asshole. I mean, they go out of their way to make everything he says and does vile. Right. But I still do kind of see the humanity underneath a little bit, you know? They don't, they, he, he tries, but he's just not a good person. And who knows why. Right. Yeah, we maybe don't get he, his backstory. Maybe he was put in a shed, too. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he was probably abused. But the, I'll tell you what, the best, the best people in this movie is the, the dude that owns the, the place where he works, the little like repair place. where. Oh, he yeah, they're so nice. He's <laughs> so nice to him. He gives him a place to sleep. He, uh, he, he buys his lunch for him until he gets, starts getting paid. Gives he, him a key immediately so he can come and go as he pleases. He advances him some money from his paycheck, so he's got walking around money. Which he really should have used to buy an outfit. Yeah, I know, I know. It that drove bo- me crazy. you very much. The whole movie, one pair of clothing. When did he wash it? Did he ever wash it? I don't know. Maybe he was just stinky. Maybe. It looked like it, kind of. <laughs> but he, so he, I don't know, like, the his, the, his character is really interesting. Yeah. Because he... He does at one point. John Ritter's like you. You strike me as someone who's a deep thinker. Yeah, and he he describes what he's thinking. And it's just simple stuff, right? Uh-huh. And it's I guess the it's the juxtaposition or whatever. But I do think he thinks deeply about things. Well, I don't think he said deep thinker, but just that he's always thinking, yeah, or thinking a lot or whatever. And I think that he's he's always thinking, trying to figure things out. It may not be way levels down deep mm-hmm. it might all be surface shit because that's deep for him well the thing is though is i do think he thinks at least somewhat deeply because of what he does at the end of the movie because he yeah. does it for a few different reasons and he thinks it out and you know he planned i mean this he was made sure no one was there very very premeditated murder oh, oh absolutely <laughs> meticulously planned like, I think when he had the hammer, when he comes into the bedroom, he was just thinking about doing it right there when he's asleep. And then he was like, mm, no, not yet. <laughs> not with her right there. Because he's like, I think he was like, that would be traumatizing for her. Yeah. <laughs> so 
But he gets there, you know, so then he makes sure that they're both gone. And I think he does it for a couple reasons. He does it because he wants to protect them. And he does it because he wants to go back. Yeah, he does. Like, he actually, when they first released him, he left. I mean, he turned around and went back and said, can I come back and stay here? Because he didn't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. And then the head doctor guy Mm -hmm. was so nice, he took him home with him and let him stay the night there. And then he hooked him up with the job that he got in this town and everything. Mm -hmm. So, But it's funny because he comes back and the the rapist assholes back talking to him again. Uh-huh. And he's like, what was it like? And he was like, said, it's too big. World's too big out there. Well, he was only 12 when he got put mm-hmm. in there. I mean, he was barely even a person. Yeah, and he'll be in there the rest of his life now. It's awful. His whole life. Ugh. Yeah, and he could have... He could have dated that one girl. Yeah, they, they set him up with a, a girl who seemed a little slow or whatever, too. He had he had all these these things that he could have made a life out of, mm-hmm. but he didn't know how to do it. And I don't think, like you said, I don't think he really even wanted to. No, it was too much of a struggle for him. He liked hanging out with the kid, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't going to be able to do that anymore either way because that guy wasn't going to let him hang around. Correct. So so he was like, well, I'll just solve their problem for him. And, you know, she could have just said, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> but apparently she thought that he would find them no matter where they went. And stuff. Yeah, see, they were so, really scared of this guy. Yeah, there's... It, it, and maybe he did hit her or something in the past. They do kind of allude to that. So... I don't know. I think there's things we don't see. Yeah. She does seem afraid of him. I mean, if she... To let him talk to her kid the way that he does mm-hmm. and live and continue to sleep with her, yeah, there has to be some major power dynamic going on there. Yeah. But in general, uh, very solid movie. Very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was. it was very good. It was just very... Sad and disturbing, too. Well, it's, a, it's a really sad movie, for sure. And the whole time, like, there's this tension of, like, you want him to do well, you want him to succeed, and you're like, who's he going to kill? <laughs> you know he's going to kill somebody. Like, yeah. I thought the whole time, I'm like, who, who's who's he going to kill next now? Well, and I mean, part of that, I think, is even just the name of the movie. It's like, it can't just be the beginning, the Sling Blade thing, and it can't be it. Like, oh, right. this is the thing that starts the movie, and then everything's fine and happy. And it just didn't have the feeling of a movie that was going to end well. Yeah. Even though it's a lawnmower blade at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even use the sling blade. And that's gross. A lawnmower. And then he calls 911. We don't really see it, though. No, but just the thought of it. Mm-hmm. But he calls 911, and he's like, yeah, you need to, you know, come here. I reckon I uh, killed somebody. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, uh, I use a lawnmower blade. And not the first time, but the second time I hit him, his head's nearly off. <laughs> Then he just sits down and makes himself a fucking sandwich while he waits. And he says, the guy says, you, bought it, you probably should bring a hearse, too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can send the ambulance, but you should bring a hearse, yeah. Because that's what the guy <laughs> told him, because the guy did not, he did not think he was going to kill him. Yeah, that was so stupid. He's he's a known murderer standing there with a weapon saying, I'm going to kill you, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. And then he just lets him walk right up to him, and he goes, Carl? <laughs> he just fucking kills him. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't very bright. No, an idiot. <laughs> I don't know that he deserved to die. Maybe he did things off 
screen that made him deserve to die. I mean, he definitely needed to get out of their life. Yes, agreed. And that is one way. I guess that's the only <laughs> way he knew how to do it. Right? It might have been the only way, because the mom was too chicken to get rid of him. They talk about the Bible a lot. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, he read. The, he carries around these books with a book strap. Yeah. I'd never seen a book strap before. Yeah, it's a very, like, 50s type thing. And one of them is a Bible, and he says he read the Bible several times, and that a lot of it didn't make sense to him. But. And one's a book about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> a Christmas Carol. I wonder if that has any significance to the movie. Hmm. I don't really... I mean, the you know, a person trying to change, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I'd see the movie... I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it would. I thought it worked on pretty much every level. Oh yeah, I kind of even wanted to see it again. It was really good. It's a really good movie, despite the fact that it is depressing. So it's not. It's not even one of those ones where I think you'll cry. It's just one of those ones where you'll just feel bad afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But it's good too, though. It sticks with you. It does. But that is our episode for the week, Carol. You know. So go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Go to our website, www.retrolatefee.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, share the tapes with your friends. That's right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.